Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why did the cow do jumping jacks? She was practicing her cow lasthenics. What do Keanu Reeves and Baby Yoda have in common? They age at the same rate. What do you call an ostrich in a cornfield? A crop duster. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred with the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And my partner in all things, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello. And uh, back from uh, two weeks sabbatical, it is P.A. Lydia, everybody. Hello. Uh, nice to see you, P.A. Lydia. This is a show for people who had never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question that you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347-Poohhead. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at Lady Diagnosis. Well, well I don't, it's, just, it's in the script and I just said it. And or... Well, you can follow Lady Diagnosis on uh, Twitter. It's fine. Or Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your healthcare provider. All right, very good. Don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com. It's tis the season. So check out all the cool things uh, on Amazon, but but go there through stuff.drsteve.com. And if you have someone who plays guitar or bass or mandolin or anything like that on your on your shopping list, scroll down and look at the roadie uh, robotic tuner under 200 bucks. Coolest thing that you'll buy for them ever. 
And if you're looking for something like that that doesn't cost thousands and thousands of dollars uh, for the holidays, uh, the roadie robotic tuner can't be beat. Uh, check out uh, simplyherbals.net. That's Dr. Scott's uh, website. What's going on at simplyherbals.net, Dr. Scott? We're going to start those holiday specials coming up. What do you got? Nasal sprays. Nasal sprays. We've got the ones with and without CBD oil that may or may not block certain so what kind of, <laughs> so what kind of um, uh, specials are you going to have? You can talk about it on this show. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So for, with the fatigue reprieve and the stress less both, they're they're you can buy like two and get one for free. Okay, maybe. so it's yeah, like, it's, a, it's a good deal. It's a good. I can't remember what. That's a thirty. That's a thirty-three percent discount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try to pattern after the um, tweaked audio. Tweaked audio. Yeah, yeah, and if you want just some earbuds to throw in that are high quality. That um, with the great customer service, check out tweakedaudio.com. That's T W E A K E D audio.com. Offer code FLUID for 33% off of your earbuds. Yes, Tacey. Also, Hallmark Christmas movies start Friday night. (laughs) Woo! Goodness. Decisions will have to be made. (laughs) Will she move out of the city? Yes. <laughs> or will she go? Yes, will she go back to her um, job in the city, or will she stay in the hometown and help with the family business? <laughs> but fall in love with the handsome uh, fire chief. Yeah, like chief. they got real decisions to make there. Right. Right? They do. <laughs> right. That starts Friday. Always uh, with the fucking decisions, these women mm-hmm. on these movies. Yeah. Oh, you Successful just career or hot man right. that loves you. Or, yeah. But then they turn the small town business into a successful career. So you just get it all. They get it all, right. With mm-hmm. boobs, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. yep. They, um, a lot of times they so do. So excited. Yeah. Can't wait. That's get so ready, funny. Steve. I think okay. I'm over home. Hey, make sure if anybody, <laughs> if, if, the, if anybody does buy anything, make sure they always say they're weird medicine friends. Oh, yeah. We'll put them a little extra swag in there. Oh, yeah. A little bit. It's nothing special. I think yeah. it's a stupid um, it's poker pretty, chip. It's a pretty cool poker chip. Though. And then do you still have the autographed it, things? I, I do have the autographed things. And, and if we run out that we throw them in a we're gonna have new autograph things pen. we we had a an, we had an artist it probably doesn't work anymore we still have them we ha- you still have some of the pens i think i might up? have one i i still have some we have a, an artist do us as the simpsons you know in the simpsons uh style and so we're gonna have that and we will have bristol stool scale mugs very soon <laughs> Uh, Once again, once again, we used to have Bristol stool scale mugs, and now we're going to have them for sale, and I'll let you know. That is a great gift. And if you want uh, the best um, white elephant uh, gift for a Christmas or Hanukkah party or Kwanzaa party or whatever, any gift exchange, go to flatusflute.com. We get nothing for that, but it is hilarious. (laughs) And so it's a whistling butt plug. And it oh is the God. dumbest thing you'll ever see. And the artwork is brilliant. Uh, uh, Son of Fritz did the artwork, and Danny up in Canada makes these things, and so it's brilliant. So flatusflute.com. And uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Absolutely. That's loads of fun. And 100% of your questions, if you call us in a question to the Patreon, it will get answered. So, I mean, for five bucks a month, we would be shitheads if we did any less than that. And uh, sometimes we have celebrities on there uh, who ask us questions. And uh, then check out uh, cameo.com slash, or cameo. Yeah, cameo.com slash weird medicine. Matter of fact, the four of us are going to do a cameo as soon as we're done with this. And then we'll go down and look at Liam's car uh, because we've got a really special cameo that we need to do. That's very important. Okay. All right. Well, welcome back, PA Lydia. Thank you. Good to be here. And uh, it's good to see you. We were supposed to have a person with giant breast implants call in today. Damn. And she was actually supposed to be here in the studio, so you could like I don't know, fondle fondle them and stuff, and just see. Does what... she live close? She For does. Sci- yeah. Scientific purposes. And she also yeah. had a story to tell. Uh, I don't know. If she, I think she got cold feet. What what happened? Which is totally I didn't have fine. Have to touch them. Yeah. No, I know. And it, well, she didn't have to even <laughs> be here. We could have done it by phone, but she may have. Uh, uh, just you know, decided this wasn't you know a, a good thing for her. So well, that's fine. Uh, and, and it is totally fine. And uh, so I'll just talk about it. Um, she had um, 
uh, breasts that she was on sat not satisfied with got and said, if I'm going to get boobs, I'm going to, by God, get boobs. And so she went to this guy and got some really, you know, a full whatever. I don't even know what her full cup size rack. is. Yeah, yeah. She got the real deal. And uh, about two years later, she came down with this rheumatologic disorder. And uh, so we talked about it, uh, you know, on uh, the air. There's a very rare thing called autoimmune uh, syndrome induced by adjuvants, which is not well recognized, nor even there are people who feel that it doesn't even exist. And uh, but the the. Research that I did showed that um, there might be an estimated one in a million women or something that this will happen to. So the odds are really low. But I, I did want you to meet somebody that this had happened to. What happened? What happens with some of these folks is they will get a thing called uh, undifferentiated autoimmune disorder. Now, do you ever deal with that, Doctor Scott, mm-hmm. at all? Yes. So yep. you want to talk about it a little bit about what the you know, what happens when that. When when this occurs, we, we you know we see it probably a lot more than a lot of others, just because it's being undifferentiated. There's no there's not a specific. Yeah. You know, there's it, there's nothing specific to treat. You know, which is you know in the Western world, you guys do great things when there's something very specific. If if there's an infection or a broken a broken bone or a you know a surgical procedure. Yeah, and that's why Western medicine's so superior in that aspect but well in that aspect but yeah we got to have a damn diagnosis yeah, but, but yeah but but when you don't have a diagnosis or or so 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 vague which we so we'll see these 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 autoimmune disorders that are, are very vague and non-specific you know the fibromyalgias um etc so um but this what what you're talking about these type of things for whatever people people get these um uh, these adjuvants they're they're and their body creates this robust immune response to it, so they get inflammation all over. A lot of time, it's associated with 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 myalgia, so muscle pains, arthritic changes, arthritic pains, chronic fatigue syndromes, um, etc. So we'll do actually actually do acupuncture, craniosacral manipulations on them. We use a lot of astragalus for them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! Yeah, no, it, it, it's, the, it's the greatest, the greatest um, 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 herbal herbal medicine ever. But but the truth is, we do use it quite a bit for for. Um, for brain fog. Yeah. So they'll say, uh, you know, they're, they're, it, it, these people have this sort of features of connective tissue disease, but they don't fulfill the diagnostic criteria f- for something, for any specific yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, so, and they'll, but they'll have some abnormal labs and stuff now. So this particular person, whether hers is related to the breast implants or not, mm-hmm. is impossible to say. Yeah. Yeah. It really is impossible to say. And uh, again, this is a very loose uh, uh, loosely associated problem that a lot of people in in the business don't agree that it even exists. Yeah, and, and do you think but, it's possible that she may have had a couple of that in addition to maybe a reaction to a to maybe a flu shot or oh, yeah, or, may, or maybe a sinus else. infection or so you know? And I'm not saying oh, yeah, any, I'm not saying any of those things cause specifically, but but maybe sometimes it's a cascade of 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 insults that that. that the body just didn't tolerate well and, and blew up. It could be that, response. or you know, when it could just be the shit just happens sometimes. Yeah, and when it does, you're always going to look for what caused the low hanging fruit. We <laughs> see this with, uh, for example, with vaccines sure. and sure. you know certain conditions that children have and stuff. That really, they've done the studies and there's not an association, but you're always going to look for that thing. And the the most extreme example I can give, or the most clear example, is the flu shot example, which we've talked about multiple times on the show, but not everybody remembers or listens, you know, fanatically to every single show. Sean Pedrick can can recite this, I'm sure. But, Yay, but for other, Sean. Yeah, for <laughs> but Sean. Other, other than Sean. Um, yeah, and it's the person who gets exposed to influenza on Friday. And so they're going to develop influenza on Wednesday, but they get their flu shot on Tuesday. Okay? So they were going to get it. The virus is in their system, but they feel fine. They haven't started to have symptoms yet. And But it's going to happen on Wednesday. They get their flu shot on Tuesday. On Wednesday, they get influenza. They're, you will never be able to convince that person they didn't get influenza from the flu shot, mm-hmm. even though it's impossible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, and 
when someone has breast implants or anything like that, and then some rheumatologic thing comes down the pike, it could be years later, you're always going to wonder or try to blame it on that thing because it's the one sort of different thing that happened to them. Mm -hmm. So it may not have anything to do with it. But I really, I just wanted to see you grabbing her her boobs here in the studio. Yeah, you can grab. I've never really felt fake wanted. boobs before. You can I go mean, ahead and grab Casey's boobs need, if you want. Because apparently they give you like breast implants to like play with before mm. you get them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe wear. Really? Right? Yeah. Oh, you can wear them? Yeah, well, you know, pop them in a bra, like walk around, but it's not and the walk same. Around go, hey, you don't know how me. it's going to be like mm-hmm. once it's under your pectoralis That's muscle. right. That's right. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Or above it, if you go above. Well, in two weeks, because this part of the bit failed, we will have an adult film person on here who has, you know, I was trying to, you know, lady diagnosis has sort of normal sized uh, implants. And then this other person had bigger implants and this next person will have extreme implants. And then we had somebody calling in that uh, has breast implants. And I think, uh, well, I can't remember the the story. Either she works for plastic surgery, she had plastic surgery, and she emailed me, basically saying, "Well, everything Lady Diagnosis said was wrong," which I don't know. So uh, I I don't think that's exactly right. But she had she took issue with some of the things that she had to say about it. Okay. If there was anything, maybe it was some of the negative stuff that well, she said. What specifically did she say? Well, I'm, I'm going to have her in the very last thing oh, just okay. to do. She's. Uh, would be somebody that would be sort of a modifying um, um, influence on all of this. Okay. And uh, I think a positive influence, and we'll have her on. Cool. So Thank yeah. you for, for reaching out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, any if I can do a, a long, you know, running bit about boobs on this show, oh, I would do it. He's all in. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a no-brainer. Apparently there's a culture there, right? <laughs> yeah. Some guys are all about the natural small boobs, and others are like, you better do it while you can. Well, you know? <laughs> Seal your deal for getting a man. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. That's, I, that's, I don't that's think... the advice I got recently. What, from from a guy? From a, from, from a male friend. Well, that's, well, of course. What yeah. are they going to say? Just better Just do it. Do it in your prime. Because, hmm. you know, if you're 60 and you get a boob job, it's still you're awesome. Out of your prime. <laughs> no, it's still awesome. I think that's just fine. <laughs> now, yeah, some people like small natural breasts. Some people like large natural breasts, though, too. Correct. So there's a whole gamut. There's somebody for everybody. Yeah, it's just finding that. So yeah. increasing your probability of finding someone yeah. but that will want you. I want to make sure that, uh, let's talk about this for a second. You don't want some guy that wouldn't be interested in you if you didn't have implants, though, right? You wouldn't want oh, some guy abs- that would... absolutely would not. Right, no. <laughs> right. So, so you're doing this for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not things for them. just change after you have a baby and you breastfeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, not that I ever had much, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're doing it for yourself, then that's the right reason. Yes, it's so, not for a potential mate. Then we will proceed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, good deal. Or matron. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just not for anybody. Just not for anybody. That's right. All right. Uh, Dr. Scott, you got anything for us? No. No? Oh. oh. What? Isn't <laughs> you like 20 things over the break? Oh, by the way, speaking of the break... The uh, WATP Weird Medicine crossover episode on Sirius XM was quite successful and uh, got a lot of really good feedback for the people that listen on Sirius XM. It didn't come out um, on the podcast. I'm going to talk to them, see if they'll uh, let us you know, put it on our Patreon and then maybe slide it over to the podcast side later. And um, But it was uh, – Carl did an amazing job. And if you want to hear more of what he's doing over there, go to uh, whoarethese.com, I think. Um, whoarethese.com. Yeah, that's right. Or just search on your podcast app, Who Are These Podcasts? And it's a roast show. He does Jocktober. Basically, it's just Jocktober. He freely admits he stole the idea from Sam Roberts in Jocktober. He was a big Opie and Anthony fan. He loved Jocktober, but he does it with podcasts. 
except during October, then they do it, the regular October, they do it about uh, radio shows. I'm so confused. And it's we're so much confused. fun. We're, yeah, we're all very yeah, confused. Yeah, well, you guys are, but you guys don't know what Jocktober is. So it's I'm fun. imagining I things. I do, and I'm I have images confused. in my yes. head. I'm, yeah, so they make fun of like, men. They, they make, yeah, men. Yeah, like in their jockey. Jock oh, I see. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, so, so jo- radio jocks, right? Oh. So yeah, so like shock jocks or whatever, <laughs> and radio jocks, so they would make fun of other radio shows. And back in the day, they would, these sons of bitches, it was, it was so great. They had the Opie and Anthony army, and uh, they would target some radio show that was just, you know, they were doing a bad job, and so it was funny. And they would have different phases of what was going on with their Facebook page. So first, they would notice something was happening. That was phase one. And then phase two, they would shut off comments. And then phase three, they would take their Facebook page down completely. And... Um, it was, you know, the the fans of those shows. Tacey and I used to say the fans of Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez were some of the best parts because they were hilarious yeah. and they really did funny things. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what that was. And so he took this and did it. Um, you know, a, a ver- there's way more any pod more podcasts out there than there are terrestrial radio shows anymore. Sure, sure. So he started goofing on podcasts, but then in October, he would go back to the regular format and, and make fun of radio shows. Okay, so cool. anyway. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So I'm, I'm trying to see if uh, Jim and Sam would be interested in having Carl on like once uh, every couple of months and, you know, bring in a radio show to goof on and then he plays clips and they just do jokes. You know, it's a roast. It's just roast stuff. It's nothing, right. nothing serious. But anyway, so we'll see. But I appreciate Carl doing that. He did a great job. Um, so but you have a story or two to tell. Did you bring anything today? To I, got, I got a little something. Oh, you do? I got something to discuss. OK. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've got one. And actually, a movie massage got a quick good, a good question when, when it's time. OK. Too. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, yeah, so so um, the the one I brought today was, <clears throat> pardon me, is it the an addiction drug that shows promise for lifting long haul COVID. Okay, and brain well, fog no. fatigue. That's interesting. So which one is yeah. it? Naloxone. It. I would give you a bill, but I don't have a bill to give you. <laughs> okay. Give yourself a bill. Give yourself a bill. <laughs> I give it myself one. Yeah, I was gonna say so. So long haul COVID. I, I really, I just guessed that, but it makes sense, and I'll tell you why in a second. Yeah, I, Go ahead. Say, yeah, I want to hear how why it makes sense to you because it's interesting <laughs> that it took these guys a, a while to figure it out. Um, we typically use because we treat long haul COVID with 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 our fatigue reprieve because it's got again. I know it's crazy, but this straggles in it. <laughs> <laughs> but the fatigue reprieve actually works extremely well. Um, Can you like? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so don't don't let that don't let that um, don't let that um, cloud your foggy brain. Okay. Um, but yeah. So anyway, what the, what what the researchers have found out is long haul um, COVID, which is really tough to to again diagnose and treat, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. What well, they, what, it's because it has such a diffuse collection of symptoms that yeah non-specific diffuse symptoms. some of those could be any damn thing ptsd from covid as yeah. well you know you just don't know but anyway go ahead well and, and we're still so young and are so new in the game that yeah. we don't really know what is you know long term or long long haul covid is going to be anyway um you're all right it's naloxone it, it, you know yeah. the drug that's been that's been treated um or used to treat um you know, drug overdoses, right? For years and years and years, I right. guess. And um, but what they're showing is it it has been uh, shown some some benefits uh, as far as cognitive deficits, um, overwhelming fatigues, and um, some some chronic pain syndrome. Interesting. Which is really what dose incredible. are they using? Do they say? Well, I was looking down through your Doctor Steve. It didn't say. But oh no, here, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, at 50 milligrams. Okay. Which is which is which is a low dose. That's the dose that they use for addiction. Okay. And uh, it, it helps to block. Okay, so naloxone is a thing called a mu opioid receptor blocker. Now, that's just off the top of my head because I, I, I did not know that's what they were using, yep. but it makes sense to me. Yep. Um, but naloxone does some interesting things. When you give someone low-dose naloxone, and now we'll use 4.5 milligrams, very low-dose oh, naloxone, wow. yeah. uh, for things like fibromyalgia. So if you know someone that has fibromyalgia and they've tried everything else, they've tried the Lyrica and the Neurontin and all that, the Gabapentin and all that stuff, 
and nothing's worked as long as they're not already on opioids. You know, if somebody just didn't put them on Percocet or something, you can give those people low-dose naloxone. It's 4.5 milligrams. has to be compounded. Nobody sells it. Mm-hmm. But you go to a compounding pharmacy, and what the theory behind this is that when it blocks the mu opioid receptors, these are the receptors that um, <clears throat> morphine and oxycodone and hydromorphone and all those drugs will bind to mm-hmm. that cause their effects. That What are the effects? Sleepiness, decreased bowel function, right. uh, decreased sensation of pain, pain that pain kind of stuff. Perception, right. At high enough doses, decreased respiratory drive. I mean, they got lots of different effects. And uh, they affect uh, organ systems all over the place. But the one we're interested in is the central nervous system uh, perception of pain. And when you give someone a low dose of this in the absence of an opioid, it will bind to those opioid receptors in the central nervous system. And you know what can't bind now is in what we call endogenous uh, opioids or endorphins. Mm-hmm. So the endorphins for that brief time can't um, can't do their thing because they're being blocked by this low-dose naloxone. But it's such a low dose that it's very transient. But in the meantime, these low, these endorphins are building up and the body's going, hey, i got to make more of this stuff. And then when it washes out, these things will flood the receptors. And they really work a little differently than opioids do. They, you know, they 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 work on the same um, uh, as messengers to the same receptors, but they work a little differently. And what that does is um, cause a decrease in overall pain in people with fibromyalgia. Hmm. So it's off topic, but I wanted to get that out there no, because I know there's sense, yeah. probably way more people out there with fibromyalgia mm-hmm. listening to this show, or they know somebody that is uh, than uh, people who have long COVID. And if you know somebody, email me and I'll send you the paper so they can take it into their provider and they can the provider can educate themselves about wow. it. Well, okay, that's a good idea. But anyway... Um, Matter of fact, I authored a paper on it, but don't Google that. <laughs> so is that something that I could, like, roll out in my own clinical practice? Of course. Right now I do, like, effects are in, pr- in prey. Yes. You know, or yeah, absolutely. You can. No, you can do it right now. Yeah. It's okay. not a controlled substance. Right. When I could do that if it was, but yeah. yeah but you could anyway. But that's right. But, yeah. I mean, it's harder to get a controlled substance compounded, but that, mm-hmm. you know, that can be done as well. We do ketamine suppositories for people with uh, rectal pain, you know, have rectal cancer and stuff all the time. But, uh, yeah, you can do that tomorrow, and I'll get you the papers and all that stuff so you can back yourself up. I have smart phrases. It's such a frustrating syndrome to treat. Yeah. No, it is. It's really frustrating for the patient, and it's frustrating for the provider, too, because you want your patients to be, to get better. Yeah, you want them to come back and say they feel better and it's very difficult. I've had really that. good luck with that and even other chronic pain syndromes as long as they're not already on opioids. Because if they are, now the opioid and the naloxone will just fight and it doesn't do any good. So can I ask you a question about that? Wouldn't, yeah. you, wouldn't you discontinue the, the opiates? If, yeah, but they got to be off of them for, for a while. while. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Because yeah, to me, that would make the most sense. Yeah, if yeah. you could get somebody to... It'd be some buy-in. Yeah, it'd be some buy-in. If they're on mm-hmm. high dose, they'd have to taper over... I mean, I've tapered wow. people over three months before. I yeah. mean, I go easy. I got a cancer patient that got cranked up on opioids uh, because of chronic cancer pain, and then they get treated and their pain goes away. Now you've got to get them off. I've done three-month tapers before. Right on. You know, if you got somebody that's on 20 milligrams twice a day, it can take a month to humanely get them off their drug. And so that's a big commitment for somebody if they, um, if you don't know if this stuff's going to work, you know. Yeah. So, but even then, there's probably some benefit to it because if they did have to go back on the opioid, they can go back on a much lower dose. Sure. Anyway, so uh, 50 milligrams of naloxone is what they're using for yep. uh, post-COVID uh, syndrome. And are they so you said it's mostly for the brain fog? Yeah, primarily brain fog, but it, but they are showing it helps them with the pain and with the uh, fatigue. Yeah, so what if the yeah. brain fog is caused by an overexpression of endorphins 
in the brain because they act like opioids. Maybe that's where the fog is coming from. And so there's maybe some mechanism that's causing an overexpression. And when you give people this slightly higher dose, which is 10 times higher than the low-dose nal, uh, naltrexone is what we use, mm -hmm. um, uh, they um, may... Um, uh, you know, it, it may actually block that and give them some some relief from uh, the foggy mm -hmm. activity of uh, endogenous or internally created uh, opioid-like molecules. So that might be a hmm. yeah. And Interesting. Uh, it's low-dose naltrexone is what we use, but naltrexone and naloxone very similar mm -hmm. molecules. But that's where all the studies have been done for the ultra-low-dose stuff. Hmm. Anyway, That's all right. Good stuff, Dr. Steve. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I'm going to pass that on to our uh, uh, to our um, long COVID clinic because I wasn't aware of that that study. So if you'll forward that to me. That was a good one, Scott. Yes. Give yourself a bell. Give you a bell for uh, bringing in a good story. What? Might help somebody. One to one. We got it's one, definitely going to be changing some of my patients, I think. Yeah. Some yeah. of my management. Yeah. What else you got? You got anything else you want to do? Yeah, movie, well, I was, yeah. I was, I've Go got ahead. a real quick question from Moving My Side, which is actually what, right on point. He was asking as far as um, uh, breast augmentation, if someone gets a breast implant, can they still have a mammogram? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, they can. Yep. And uh, I've seen tons of them. Mm -hmm. It can make some things more difficult, which is, again, I think, well, I mean, it's not in the breast tissue, it's either on top of it or below the pectoral muscle. Mm -hmm. So if it's below the pectoral muscle, particularly, no, all it, the breast no, tissue is yeah. is you know separate from it. It's above it. Yeah. Yeah. Front and center. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, we see that all the time. Yeah. Good question. And you you know uh, they'll say you know this person has XCC breast augmentation as part of the reading of the mammogram. Okay. Now okay. I wonder. I do wonder. If, I know if you squish. Breast implants, you know, if you have them in your hand, not inside somebody's body, but I mean, if you know, if they just hand you the actual implants, you can squish them pretty, um, pretty tightly. Mm -hmm. And because, Tacey, you've probably had more mammograms here than anybody in the room. When they do that, they really <laughs> compress the crap out they of really the do. breast tissue, right? Pancake. Yeah. Wow. So I was always concerned about that. But when you feel the breast implant, it can take it. You know? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. And how I mean, can that it, not hurt? It it it, it just doesn't. I, I've heard some people say that it does, but yeah. it doesn't hurt me. Yeah. And um, I have sensation and everything, and it doesn't. Yeah, I know that um, there's not a lot of sensory um, fibers in breast tissue itself, because in back in the day when I was doing primary care, I would uh, do needle aspirations of breast cysts and you would do it without anesthesia because if you did anesthesia it hurt longer mm -hmm. than actually doing than just the... doing it yeah and once now, the needle was in there they had no pain whatsoever it's a very uncomfortable position you know I've never, I okay tell us about the position because i don't even know yeah. um it i don't even know how to describe it you have to contort and stick your so you put your arm over your boob head in this well and you hold on to this one thing and you Hold on to this other thing. Over your you, like you hug a tree. It, yeah, it's like it's hugging a tree. It's kind of like that. But then they take, they have you in different positions. So what? it's just, it's it's crazy. While they're squishing your boob or mm -hmm. they're unsquishing. And, and they help you get into the position because it's not easy to get it all. I, I mean, I guess. the machine, and this is going to sound weird, but just, you know, like in dental imaging, you know, it kind of rotates around your face. Does this move too? It Yeah, it goes around. Okay. If I remember right, not yeah. with not with your breast in between two plates, though they don't like start Does moving it, it around. It God, that would be squeezes horrible. it and then rotates and then goes. Hmm. If I remember right, <laughs> how could you uh, forget that? I want, have you ever had a three D mammogram? Hey, Dr. Steve, road trip. I've never. Yeah. Road trip. I've never. <laughs> had I wonder it. if that's any different. The three D mammography. They, um, it's supposed to be better, right? Why well, all four but of us are just throwing out? Well, I wonder if you know. Yeah. I don't know either. I just wondered if it was like a different process. Now, but then uh, there's breast MRI. Of I course. was just going to say that the breast yeah. MRI, you don't have to do any of that, right? Yeah. And right. but you have to lay in that tube. And MRIs. Okay, when I was training in the '80s, a CT scan would take forty-five minutes. Wow. 
and they had giant mainframe computers in there. Now you could do it on a laptop, basically. And uh, so when I had my first MRI, you know, 15 years ago or something, it was 45 minutes. I figured, well, mm-hmm. hell, that'll get better. It hasn't. It has it's not still improved. 45 minutes to do one. Yeah. I had a finger, um, a, a nodule on my finger, and this uh, orthopedist wanted me to get an MRI of the finger. So I thought I'd just sit in a chair and stick my hand in there. Oh, hell no. I was on all fours. In the tube. In the tube. <laughs> on all fours. I know. It's hilarious with my... And I was praying to Jesus, no if you one, get me out of here. No can do that? I was what in, percentage of your patients can actually do that? And, and not move? I yeah. was in so much pain just from having all my weight on my elbows and my knees. Yeah. And with my hand in front of me. Uh, and I don't know why you have to do it that way. And, uh, yeah, I was praying to the good Lord above, if you can get me out of this thing, Lord, the... I'll never, you know, so when are they I'll recommending... never curse again. It was, it was awful. When are they we- recommending mammograms now? It's 40 and above? Yeah, I'm looking at the American Cancer Society guidelines. It says women ages 40 to 44 should have the choice to start annual breast cancer screening with mammograms if they wish to do so. Then women 45 to 54 uh, should get mammograms every year. Super glue. And then women uh, 55 and older should switch to mammograms every two years, or they can continue yearly screening. They're just saying they should. And screening should continue as long as a woman is in good health and is expected to live 10 years or longer. Thank you. Okay. And uh, all women should be familiar with the known benefits, limitations, potential harms linked to breast cancer screening. All right. And uh, as always, women should know how their breasts normally look and feel and report any breast changes to a healthcare provider right away. Okie doke. Now, oh, let's do, you, you mentioned MRI. They actually bring that up. They say because of their family history or a genetic tendency or other factors, some women should be screened with MRIs along with mammograms. Uh, the women that fall into this category are very small. I would assume it would be BRCA positive. Yeah, BRCA, check 2, PALB2. You want to talk about what that is? Yeah, so that's where you have inherited a mutation from either parent in a gene that should normally protect you from cancer. So normally if a cell starts going rogue through DNA division, uh, your body would recognize that perhaps through one of these genes like BRCA1 or 2 palb 2 or CHECK2 and turn that process off to yeah. stop that cell line. If you have a mutation uh, that's causing a defect in that gene, then you will not turn that cell line off yeah, and yeah. you would be more likely to, to develop cancer. Okay. So And knowing that you're more likely to have cancer means that you're probably less likely to die from it because you'll catch it earlier. You'll do something proactively to take care of it. Yeah, so you start screening earlier, so yep. 10 years uh, earlier than your the youngest first-degree first relative. Uh, and then I usually, so the guidelines recommend annual MRI and annual mammogram, so we split those uh, every six months. You're getting some type of imaging Okay. if you don't do prophylactic mastectomy. Yeah, which means... Uh, cutting your breast tissue off. Right. Ahead of time before just cutting it off at the pass. And then uh, you can, then those women, some of them will have reconstruction, some won't. Some of them just mm-hmm. say to hell with it. I just don't want to mess with uh, breast cancer. I don't, you know, I'm going to take care of this before it happens. Yep. Yeah. Right. And a lot of women will choose, you know, they'll have their kids first. And then go toward it. Do you think um, that in the future we could have some sort of CRISPR uh, technology where we could just fix the defect that causes the BRCA, you know, mutation? I don't know, because your cell lines are already, like, differentiated, yeah. right? So doing it in the backwards setting would be very difficult. Yeah. But— You do turn over, though. I mean, you've heard of the ship of Theseus, right, where, you know, you, you keep— replacing boards in the ship mm-hmm. and yeah. down the you know 100 years from now there's not a single board that's there but everybody people have lived on that ship consistently the whole time i would imagine and our would... bodies are kind of like that the nerve cells don't turn over like that but other yeah. cells do i mm-hmm. just wonder mm-hmm. i would yeah. certainly like i would expect it to significantly reduce the risk of developing cancer if think you so. were able to do that again this is the speculation yeah, show we're speculating think, yeah. about lots yeah, of stuff would, we don't know what, what the hell we're talking do, about what you can do and why it's important to get tested early uh, is that 
you know, you can go to a fertility specialist if you ha- if you know that you have a mutation, and they can select for eggs or sperm that do not have the mutation. So really? yeah, so I do our genetic counseling like I didn't know for that. the area. I'm not a genetic counselor. Right? right. I work in oncology, but I see patients who say, you know, they just got diagnosed with breast cancer or their mom has breast cancer or something like that. So the benefit of early testing is if you're, you know, if you know that you have one of these mutations that will convey an increased risk of cancer, you can go to a fertility specialist and have uh, the egg or sperm selected. Right. Uh, because you only have you have a 50 50 chance of passing on that mutation right. to your offspring. How right. In the hell do so they then do you that? do your in vitro fertilization and they test the genetics oh. of, oh, with of the oh, eggs see. and sperm yeah. and they select and match only those okay. without the mutation. Wow. I was like, you know, like, how are they so. going to do that once the yeah, right, seed right, right, right. is implanted? Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Once, you know. So then they plant the seed outside of the body. Right on. And yeah, then, okay, that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a bell. Give yourself a bill. Daisy, you're the only one I that doesn't have, have a bill. One. <laughs> bill. Uh, <laughs> give her one just, no, just because she's just awesome. Just give out bells. Oh, but she's awesome. She gets one. I agree with you, Scott. Number one thing: don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right, you ready? We've got a. Uh, we have one that's right up your alley, Scott. And then this one. Uh, let's try this one. Let's see. Oh, no, no, don't, come on. There we go. Hey, Dr. Steve, I got a question for you, or maybe that wizard Dr. Scott that sits next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, use um, a CPAP machine, and I fill it with water. Or I, I tend not to fill it with water because it's annoying, uh, but I probably should. But so is there something that I could put in the water to make it beneficial to my health? Maybe right now, like when I got a cold, some menthol or something like that. I don't know. Maybe some crazy powders from some Asian places. Astragalus. You're starting to sound like Dr. Steve. <laughs> so, yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you think about that? Well, my first thing is I'm not going to tell anybody to put anything in there. In, in there the you go. Or anything. No, heck no. no. The no, manufacturers was, would say no. No, no, they would frown upon it. Yeah, but now... There are there are natural occurring uh, or, or, or natural antimicrobial agents like oregano oil, you know, peppermint oil, things of that nature. Maybe something you could use, but not. I'm not going to tell anybody to put anything yeah. in a CPAP machine. Um, follow the the directions of that are on the box or that your providers have given you, and stick with that. But now, you know. He could always use a fancy nasal spray that maybe has there you go. peppermint. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is do yeah. something at Your Simply Herbals um, nasal sprays, which are I am fabulous. at CPAP.com, that, that famous medical journal. And it <laughs> has a, um, an article, How to Safely Put Essential Oils in Your CPAP for Aromatherapy. Oh, well. Okay. And then, okay. But this is not coming from no, me. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> and then you come down here and it says... Putting essential oils in your CPAP machine is not safe. (laughs) So, you know, what a clickbait title. Mm -hmm. It says it does not matter if you put them in the machine itself, in the hose or the mask or in the filter or in the CPAP humidifier. So uh, it says here, according to Randy Horowitz from the Arizona Center for Integrative Medicine, if you add essential oils to a CPAP machine, the device could propel droplets of the oil deep into your lungs. In an interview with Dr. Andrew Weil, oh, yeah, we know who Andrew Weil yeah. is, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Horowitz warns that even a small amount might cause lung irritation. So mm-hmm. we're going to say uh, no to that one. Yeah. Now, but if you want to get some nasal spray that has peppermint oil in it and uh, without, you know, it, it's FDA approved, right? Mm-hmm. To the extent that it can be, that's correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Then that's yep. you know that's yep. between you and Doctor Scott. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I wouldn't put anything in the. No. In the secret. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. No. Sorry, dude. Yep. Sorry, man. It's a cool idea, yep. but I wouldn't do it. Yep. I'm uh, actually, you know, Martin Hoke from Navage will tell you that unless it comes in one of his salt pods, don't put anything in the Navage either. Yep. The Navage device. Which, if you go on our YouTube channel, you could see uh, NP Mel B doing the Navage. And it's funny because she hates funny. things going in her nose, so she was quite humorous about it. But um, he has salt pods that have uh, menthol in yeah. them. And that actually feels really good. Mm-hmm. 
when you do that and you get that sort of mental, you know, that always, yeah, tingly. Ooh, I like it. I like it too. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Here, this is one for you. Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Terry, otherwise known as the Bootmaster. Hey, okay. Hey, Terry. Um, you've been extremely helpful to me in a number of ways over the past years and, uh, I need your help now. Okay. I have nine discs that they want to fuse. Um, oh. Cervical and thoracic. Okay. Um, I can't do that in my own head. Um, two reasons. One is I have an issue with anesthesia not coming out of it. Number two is I don't need to be more robot than human. Yep. So, well, you wouldn't um, be, but hey, I the problem I have is significant pain. Uh, the pain comes usually at the base of my skull, can be either side, um, usually goes down my neck and to my upper back. Okay. It can be extremely debilitating. In other days, I can be human. Right. One of the things that happens and one of the reasons why I'm calling is there's, there's something that's unusual that happens. And what that is, is if I sit or stand and look up, 15 degrees, 20 degrees from straight plane. If I look up a little bit, and I do it for more than 30 seconds or so, putting in a light bulb, yeah. talking to somebody who's standing while I'm sitting, I get this bolt of pain that comes out of yeah. the side. Yeah. Doc, it hurts when I do this. Yeah. Well, don't do that. Don't do it, yeah. Don't do it. <clears throat> so before I, 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 this call's only about halfway through, but... Yeah. First thing, don't put in light bulbs like that anymore. No. Go to an occupational therapist, and they'll, or you could just do this yourself and go get one of those robot arms yep. and do that stuff that way. Yeah, yep. And uh, you can even put a little mirror on it so that you're looking down instead of looking up when you do that even. But there are assistive devices that you can use because you're not going to be able to do those things no. until these discs resolve if they ever do. So. Side of my head. Uh, the base of my skull yep. and goes down into to the top of my shoulder and it is the most horrific pain I've ever experienced in my life. This can happen once a day. It can happen, God knows, sometimes. Just when you do that one thing. So mm -hmm. if you're sitting in a chair and someone wants to talk to you, stand up yeah. or make them sit. Hey, have a seat. Yeah. You don't have to make a big thing out of no, it. It's all well, if I look up, down. you know, I'm going to have, no, you just either stand up or just make it a natural thing. I'm so lucky enough to have it be weeks before it happens again. Yeah. Um, sometimes, as it, as it is today, which was a horrible, is a, it's horrible today. By the way, this is why they want to do a fusion on him. Mm -hmm. So that he can't do that anymore, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I had a. Uh, There's other things that that are done when you do a fusion, but we'll talk about it. My ears will ring. Yeah. Um, they've on. been ringing now for over an hour. Um, the pain has somewhat subsided, which is usually what happens yeah. 15, 20, 30 seconds later. Yeah, Terry, I just, yeah, it's horrible, man. I understand the reticence in having surgery. I was on Levy Land recently with Bob Levy and his crew, and uh, I talked about how I basically just said no to surgery until my pain went away. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the lucky ones. Mm -hmm. uh, discs will, over time, uh, desiccate and shrink and, you know, dry out mm -hmm. and shrink back to where they were supposed to be when they bloop out like that because now they are they don't have a good blood supply. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe we should talk about – you want to talk they're... about what, why a slip disc is a problem because I, I sort of skipped ahead. Well, yeah, and just a couple of things, just taking it from the very top. You know, we're biggest, talking about the spine yeah, and the, the anatomy of the spine. Well, the big, the biggest concern that, that, that I hear him saying when anybody has – when they start talking multi-level fusions – yeah. You know, the first thing you think is, you know, multiple disc failures. But but what a lot of people don't realize is, is many instances it's it's because of a stenosis. So there's a, a narrowing. A narrowing of that canal, right? And and at first I thought that's what he was describing. Yeah. But then I kind of changed my, my tune just a teeny bit because when he started talking about it being positional. Right. And then I started thinking like you, it's, it's probably a disc compression, maybe, maybe a spondylolisthesis, which is a shifting of that vertebra. Yeah. Which is another, for stability, that's why they'll, they'll do the fusions, fusions a lot. Um, so a couple things. In, in Dr. Steve, perfect um, 
there are a lot of adaptive devices in, in certainly physical therapy, occupational therapy to help you to reset, you know, posturally make sure that you're doing things appropriately right. are really good suggestions. Depending on, and again, depending on which levels are affected, epidurals, steroid injections can be beneficial. And you've had those, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, which, which Let's talk be, about that. Then you know, I mean, that's a big. I mean, that's a lot. That's a big subject we're talking about right here with this poor guy. Yeah. Um, what I was kind of wanting to get to was um, the anatomy. Just a basic thing is, okay. is think of your spine as being a bunch of balsa wood blocks. Yeah. Stacked on top of each other with sort of gummy bear discs in between them. Right. And when you stand for 67 years upright and you're putting all that pressure on those um, balsa wood blocks because of gravity, mm-hmm. sometimes the gummy bear discs will just bloop out. And when they do, they always they bloop out in a way Usually that in the wrong way. <laughs> right. They, that impinges on yeah. nerve roots. Right. Right. The coming out of the spinal column. And uh, so the spinal column houses the, this nervous, you know, this this network of nerves, mm-hmm. but also gives you stability so you can stand up straight. And so as Dr. Scott said, uh, well, go ahead. Well, what as you'll see, the way you're describing it is perfect. And, but the other really super cool thing about the spinal cord is, is the spinal column, those balsa wood blocks are in a curve. Yes. A natural curve, and there's That's got right. to be a natural curve so that if, if there's ever any any insult, That's there's right. a shock-absorbing component to it. Uh, so, you know, and the other thing is if he, maybe he has an abnormal curve or, or a lack of a yeah. curvature or something that, that some other therapies can do other than a fusion. I'm not saying he doesn't need a fusion, but I'm saying there's a there's a whole lot of things that, that we talked about. That well, they uh, sometimes to. will have to go in there and take out some of the bone. Yeah. To give those nerve roots enough space to to breathe, yeah. a laminectomy. And yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then when you do that, that makes that that vertebrae unstable, and that's why you have to fuse it. Yeah. And you know, if you have to do it on both sides, if you do it on both sides, right? Yeah. So, um, so they may be thinking about putting rods in his spine. Just to, they're called Harrington rods. Yeah, the Harrington, yeah. And uh, or it may be just a cage going all the way down. And uh, I I totally get that. Sure. But um, I would do all the things that Dr. Scott said. So let's talk about the things he can do. So occupational therapy, physical therapy. uh, Acupuncture for sure. Sure. There's absolutely no reason not to do that. As long as you don't go to a nut, go to someone (laughs) who, like Dr. Scott, who knows what they're doing, but and knows the limits of of cranking your head around when they're sticking these needles in. And then number, uh, and the next thing is, you know, epidural steroid injections, because those are uh, are needles that are stuck in around the spinal column, mm-hmm. not in it, mm-hmm. but around it. That's why they're epidural. They're around the uh, dura, mm-hmm. and uh, which is the lining of the uh, spinal, you know, the spinal column where the fluid is. Mm-hmm. And they can put steroids in there, and that will d- induce. Um, uh, anti-inflammatory shrinkage. shrinkage. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and then the the discs start going the shrinkage. shrinkage. It's the shrinkage. shrinkage. Yes, that's right. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. When yeah, I had my happened. epidural, I'm telling you, within 12 hours, I could tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I was instead of crawling up the stairs, Tacey, you remember how bad mm-hmm. it got? Mm-hmm. You know, I was bouncing around doing my thing again. So. Uh, that that's important, and I do everything that you can short of having the surgery. But in the end, if you have nerve uh, signs of nerve damage, and I was gonna say yeah, foot drop in yep. the lower ones, yep. or your you know your hands are going numb, or you can't grip, or anything like that, that actually becomes. A, a true indication yeah. for surgery, you got to have it. it. It's that, that it's. I always tell people there's two things to look for: motor loss and sensory loss. If you've yep. got either one, then, yep. then I, I get really concerned. Yeah, then you got to start really thinking yeah. about. So you it. have to consider surgery before before it gets too far down the road. Yeah, but if you if if it's positional like this gentleman was saying, that's it's usually a pretty good sign. That we might be able to do something non-surgically, yeah, or at least minimal, well, minimal surgery. Right, you could, should at least try it. Yeah, yeah. but do whatever your primary yeah, the team yeah. tells yeah, you. Not we, us. We're just a bunch of crazy. We're people. a bunch of knuckleheads on the radio, <laughs> right? That's right on. You don't even know if yeah, we have us crazy people, a but we medical love degree or anything. But we like to talk about it. Yes. All right. Okay. Here's a good one. Let's see. And we'll go around the table on this one. And actually, that's to kill time because I forgot to Google the answer. Are you ready? Hey, I've got a strange little question oh, for you. No. What bone in the human body is fractured or broken the most? 
and why. Just one of those weird things you wake up at three in the morning and wonder. See about Tyson! <laughs> oh, Lord. So are we, are we going to guess? Thank you, are, are we all going to guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do know the answer, and it surprised me, to be honest with you, because what I thought it was going to be was something completely different. So, okay, oh. Scott, what do you think? Gosh, I, fifth, fifth metacarpal. Uh, that's interesting. Okay, so <laughs> tell people what that is. So it, and and so, why? <laughs> and why? And you why think. that's my guess? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with this, the 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 bone on, on the outside of your hand, that's it's in your it's the fifth bone in your hand uh, going to your pinky. A lot of a lot of people will break. It's in the palm, yeah, right? The palm it's hand, it's yep. the very edge of the palm. You know the. It's, that right, the long bone in your hand yeah, yeah. that goes to your pinky. Yeah, okay, it goes so from go your wrist to your pinky. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I okay. Yeah, but people, you have a lot of times when they when they punch things, will punch incorrectly and right. wind up punching this. And they get a boxer's fracture, puncher's fracture, and break that bone. We used to call it the fool's fracture yeah. because only a fool punches that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, okay, so uh, Tacy, what, choice, what do you think it is? Pinky toe. Pinky toe. <laughs> oh, perhaps good answer, undiagnosed. Good answer, good actually, answer, good it may answer. not actually have factored into this. That's true. So this that would be true. the most diagnosed. Because you can't really yeah. do anything with it, right? So people just, just don't go. It. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What do you think? I have you? to withdraw myself because I know the answer. Oh, you do? Yeah. Why do you know? Of course. Because she does. I looked it up. Oh, you looked it up while we were talking. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a game. Okay, well, what would you have said? Uh, I didn't get that far. Okay, what I would have said was one of the metatarsal bones, which are the long bones of the foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my reasoning for that is, you know, you see stress fractures, all this kind of stuff all the time, is because you put a hundred and, you know, in my case, 170 pounds of weight on those up to 10,000 times a day mm-hmm. so when you're small. walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, why don't those break all the time? Well, that wasn't the right answer. So, Lydia, what's the answer? Clavicle. Yes, that's correct. No, it's not. Give yourself a bill. And it's because kids, kids break their clavicles. They're clumsy and they fall. And my niece Holly broke her clavicle. Uh, Every when I was in primary care. I did some pediatrics, and we were treating cl- clavicular fractures really? all the time. So I, once I saw that, it was like, yes, of course. Yeah. My, hey, my, my doofus nephew, who I love dearly, broke the crap out of his clavicle snowboarding. He hung the front edge, face planted, pow. Yeah. Mm. I was off. He had to have surgery for his. He's got plate and screws. Yeah. Oh, and every, every source I looked at said the same thing. So yeah. it's uh, the most common site for a fracture in children. Clavicle fractures happen to infants during birth as they pass through the birth canal. Clavicle fractures can also happen uh, from falling with your arm outstretched or from a direct hit, which happens most commonly during contact sports. So there I broke you go. mine. I got hit by a car. I was riding a bicycle. There you go. Broke my clavicle. Did you really? I was like, surely my entire arm is shattered, but it was just a small clavicular fracture. (laughs) (laughs) I ever tell you guys the story of my last uh, delivery that I did? Have I ever told that on here? I think I can tell that. It was 40 years ago. No? No? Okay. I don't know if I've got time to tell it now. Oh, buggers. But, um, (laughs) yeah, it was terrifying. It was the last delivery for a reason. I was third-year resident. I was almost done anyway, but it was somebody I would followed for a long time. And uh, the uh, got the head out, couldn't get the shoulder out. It's called a shoulder dystocia. And so I said, okay, uh, I don't want to do the main maneuver for getting this kid out, this sort of screw thing. I'm just going to put downward pressure on the kid's head because the shoulder was right there. Mm-hmm. Can I get it out that way? So I was putting downward pressure on the kid's head. It's just a vagina and a head sticking out. Mm-hmm. And I hear this crack, and the kid comes blooping out, right? So I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What have I done? And so I hand the baby off because now I've got to attend to the mom, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, check that baby. And I was sweating bullets. Totally fine. Totally fine. Baby, totally fine. Check the mom. Totally fine. Do you hurt here? Do you hurt there? No. The kid's clavicle, okay. Yep. Moving all four extremities, totally fine. I said, never again. That's it. I am done with this shit. I'm Bye. never delivering a baby <laughs> as long as I live. And oh. I have held up to that promise. Good job. Oh, Jeez. You're just going to, if you see someone delivering on the side of the road, just pass them by. <laughs> well, I you don't will. have the duty. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Dr. Scott, you got any uh, questions from the waiting room? The friend? waiting room, we do. <laughs> we have a great question. So, Scott's got a question about 
Um, he just started an antidepressant for um, for anxiety and depression. Yep. And he's and he and he's had a couple of the the initial side effects, which he tolerated really well, and they faded away. He said now he's got a little bit of a, a, a an erectile dysfunction disorder. He said he has no trouble getting the erection. It's it's completing the transaction. Yes, which, which he has is delayed issue. ejaculation. He has delayed ejaculation. So it's very common. Holy cow! He says sometimes it takes an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, who got time for that? Oh my I got god! No oh yeah, I got oh, no, no time that's for that. I, yeah, that's like normal. Uh, <laughs> oh my there's god! A, there's a, that's I, a, Tacey hates that too. <laughs> so we've had to make some adjustments over the years, but um, yeah, that's um, in and out. Yeah, let's yeah. get it, get it over. Like, let's, get this, let's get this well, she, done. Because she's married to an old man, and who wants to have an old man That's on top it. of you? It's just in and out. <laughs> get it over with. Yeah, she, I got laundry to do. Come mm-hmm. on, hurry up. So, um, yeah, so there's an interesting solution that might work for him. Okay. Uh, one of the things you can do, of course, is change antidepressants. Yes. That's one thing. Because Another thing, SSRIs are are known to do this for it. So, but then you're on another antidepressant for eight days. He's already gotten through most of the adverse effects. Got to start all over again. You could add another antidepressant called uh, Wellbutrin or uh, Bupropion, which is more works on the dopamine uh, receptor uh, axis and may reverse some of the adverse sexual effects of. Uh, an SSRI type antidepressant. When we say SSRI, we're talking Prozac, Zoloft, you know, that kind of he's stuff. He's on Lexpro. Oh, he's, oh, so he's on an SNRI. Yeah. So those can still have it. Yep. Same thing. Though, slightly same different. Thing. Slightly so different. SNRI just stands for serotonin uh, norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. So they are more like the old classic antidepressants like amitriptyline and nortriptyline, which also uh, elevated. Um, um, uh, uh, levels of serotonin and norepinephrine mm-hmm. in the brain, mm-hmm. which are just neurotransmitters. They're just chemicals that signal uh, uh, between nerve endings in the brain. So so you could do that. But the, the thing that I find the most interesting is taking a non-drowsy antihistamine mm-hmm. 30 minutes before intercourse or maybe mm-hmm. even an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you could take um, a... Um, um, fexofenadine. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Loratadine. Mm-hmm. That is Claritin. That's the one that I saw most of the research on. Is taking a Claritin about an hour before. Now you have to schedule it. Then mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing. But they uh, try it, and uh, well, do your own research. But if you think that it's something you want to try, you could try it and then report back to us. I mean, yep. it's over the counter. I don't yep. mind recommending over the counter things to people if they want to just try something. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting solution to that, that we've had some people who've tried it on this show that have uh, gotten good results. Mm-hmm. And it's that's way counterintuitive. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. But yeah. Well, let's say give it a shot. All right. Give because I'd rather do that if that works than have to just start all over again. Yeah, and start a new medication. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck, Scott. Hopefully and the other thing, oh, that, the dude. other thing, Scott. Give it, get, try it out there, buddy. Stop beating off. To yes. so that you've got you need in there music for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop beating off. <laughs> there we go. Sean actually, Sean is actually looking forward to hearing that. All right. So, uh, but don't masturbate if you're worried about uh, completing the transaction with your partner because that. If you're right on the borderline of being able to complete the transaction, that'll kick you over the cliff, and it'll be much harder. So you want to have a full batch, as um, one of our friends on the Internet likes to say. So, All right. God. So disgusting. Anyway, all right. Anything else for anybody? Yeah, that's it. Um, That's a good question. That's a great question, yeah. These are the ones we can table until next week. Antidepressants are are um, interesting. We just sort of did biopsies on brains and realized that people with depression had low serotonin, serotonin levels. So that's how they came up with it. So we just dump buckets of serotonin yeah. in there and hope that's going to do something. 
and uh, you know they sometimes they work they're amazing sure. and then other times not so much so yeah. we need to get a better more, sort of more precise idea of what we're dealing with but as we've said multiple times we don't know how consciousness works so when it breaks it's really hard to fix it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know just imagine um, Tacy trying to fix a um, and this no flies on you Tacy I'm just trying to think of something that you don't have any experience with you know an internal combustion engine you know it would be very difficult drive to drive it do. to the dealership <laughs> right, right. <laughs> haven't towed to the dealership yeah but, <laughs> yeah but that's what would be better so that's how we we kind of are with uh, brain you know conscious disorders of consciousness we, we don't know what the hell we're doing mm. Uh, ketamine, very interesting, though, you know, and ketamine for depression, uh, particularly major refractory depression that might otherwise go to electroshock therapy or something like that, has been uh, shown to be uh, pretty damn effective. Matter of fact, it's on the market now, but you can get compounded uh, ketamine as well, and uh, you got it you know, as every state's different, so you got to check it, you know, with your prescriber and see if uh, it's even legal in your state to do that but uh, but we're we're making some progress the the consciousness is the final frontier we're we made some pretty good steps with oncology which was the final frontier but the nervous system uh is really going to be the thing where we're going to make the final strides and in uh future medicine all right. Cool. All right. All right. Well, listen, thanks always. Go to Dr. Scott. Thanks, Tacey. Thanks, uh, PA Lydia. And we will continue your uh, implant uh, journey with you. And we really appreciate you taking us with you on that journey. <laughs> thanks, everyone uh, who's made the show happen over the years. And listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at, I think, 10 p.m. Eastern now, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Remember GVAC.